are tuned in to Respect My Crown, the podcast. It's Jillian J.J. Simmons, and Respect My Crown is a community that's designed to support women who desire to step into the abundance that awaits them. We know that now is the time to manifest our visions, to realize our dreams, accomplish our goals, and Respect My Crown is simply a support system that encourages women to deepen in spirituality, sisterhood, accountability, and service. I am super excited about this person who is here with me today, sitting on my couch. Yay! And uh, we met, gosh, I don't know, maybe 2012, 2011. Um, mm-hmm. She was on my show when I was on 97.9 The Box, and, and she has such uh, an amazing testimony with um, December 1st being World AIDS Day. It was only right to have this person come in on the Respect My Crown podcast and yeah. chat about her, her life. Yeah. Keisha has <laughs> been in the music industry for about nine years, I believe. Has yeah. it been nine? It was like 12. 12? Like, oh. Well, 12. Not anymore, five. but 12. Okay. Um, working for um, Def Jam, So So Def, Slip and Slide. Um, Keisha is so sweet, and she had a big impact on her life when she was diagnosed yeah. with HIV. And um, became a full-time advocate. Yes. This girl's all over the country speaking to folks and helping people who are living with HIV um, to get, uh, to push through. And then also helping those who are negative to understand what HIV is. And um, so you're working in prevention and awareness and everything. Yes. So welcome, Keisha, to Chuck. Yay! You've written a book because yes. the last time I saw you, we were speaking at an event together. together. Yeah, yeah, in Dallas, and you were there selling your your book. Yes, it's dying to be diva, doing it victoriously alone. Oh. Because when you're diagnosed, you're by yourself. Yeah, you know, you tell people, but you're in that moment by yourself. Yeah, you know. So, can you just talk a little bit about? how you were diagnosed, yes. the story that led up to it. Oh, uh, so I was in a relationship, you know, that relationship where we, you know, think we love him so much. Oof. We love him too much. And when yeah. I say too much, we love him more than we love ourselves. Yeah. And I never, ever thought to ask him to get tested. I never thought to get myself tested. And that's just for any STD, not just yeah. HIV. And we broke up. And probably about nine months after the breakup, I felt passed out in the shower. And they came and got me from the from my friend's house. The ambulance came. They sent me back home from the emergency room, said it was a bacterial infection. Mm. So then I had a fever. It was like 103.5, I believe. And it just wouldn't break. Oh. And it kept getting higher. And then my fever had got to 105. And it was just like, okay, we got to get her back to the emergency room. So my mother drove me to the emergency room in Katy, actually, and I literally passed out in the wheelchair. And from that, I was in the hospital a month and a half and probably oh about gosh. a month in. My mother's doctor, Dr. Petronella, I believe her name was, um, came in and said, so about your about your age. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and I had already been comatose for about two weeks gosh. because of the fluid on my lungs and because I you know had a fever it's like when you get to a fever that high you're delirious yeah partially comatose so I was had a tube in my mouth and I was half incoherent and I was just looking at her like what but because I was so sick she assumed that I 
had had already knew that I already had HIV or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, no, ma'am. I, <laughs> no, ma'am. I don't I know anything about that. You know, so then it just went so fast after that. After being diagnosed, they come in, like 10 people come in, talk to you. You have to write a list down of who you sup with. Wow. They have to contact them. They will chair me into another room. Um, I literally just got from that coma probably a day prior. Wow. The day after that, they don't care what you hook to. They will unhook you, put you in a wheelchair, and roll you into the next room because it's confidentiality. Yeah. You have to sign a HIPAA form, um, and then you have to write down the list, and then you have to, for those lists of people, you have to write down what symptoms have you ever had. Yeah. Now, for this particular person, I wrote down, I, I had basically the most symptoms with this particular person. Yeah. Um, and one of the first signs that it has entered your body are yeast infections. Wow. Now, some people have an overgrowth of yeast in their body. As women, we do. Yeah. But if it's like abnormal constantly, there's a problem. Oh, That wow. means there's an infection in your body. Mm. I didn't know any of that. I would have never known I didn't that know at all. any of that. Most people just know um, cold flu-like symptoms. I mean, but you could just be getting the flu. You don't yeah. tie that to HIV or AIDS. Yeah. Um, then dry patches on your skin. You got to look at your skin. You got to look at your nails. And certain things that they pointed out. I had no idea. Yeah. And pretty much they, the health department likes to get to the bottom of who it was. Yeah. Because they have to do like a paper trail in a sense. Yeah. So, you know, it was a humiliating experience because to say the least, A, because it was my mama doctor. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And B is because it's just like at 21, I believe I was 21 and 06. To be 21 going on 22 or what? Or 22 at the time, you don't, that's not what you're trying to nurture. That's yeah. not what you're thinking about. That's not yeah anything. So it's, it's traumatic. Yeah. It's extremely traumatic. And then what I didn't know that you just mentioned is that the, the people at the hospital actually contact the people. Yeah. The, yeah. The people at the hospital, what they do is they inform the health department. Okay. And the health department does. Oh, wow. So, and then it's, it's HIPAA law, you know, so everything has to be secret, secret. So they can't say who, they can't say who came to them. No, they just have to say you have slept with someone. Wow. That's yeah, because it's against the law for them to say, say who it was. Yes. Wow. It's against the law. So did you ever have a conversation with that person? I did. I did probably three years later. And it was my God brother who told me, he was like, you have to do it. Yeah. Because he was like, you walking around with all this anger and hurt. You don't even realize that you're, you are walking around with it. And it's not going to stop until you at least tell him yeah. that you have this. So we met, we actually met at the West, at the Walmart, uh, Westheimer and Dunvale. <laughs> that's too <laughs> that's funny. What, and that's exactly where we met. Right by the AMC. <laughs> right by the AMC. And we met at that McDonald's right there. And I said, and I said my piece, you yeah. know, and you know, of course he fumbled and he was like, you know, we do this and we do that, you know. And I was like, well, I'm letting you know what I have. Yeah. And in order to have it as bad as I've had it, it's been sitting there. Yeah. You know, and when I was with you, I was with you. Yeah. You know, and being in that industry where he comes from and just being a man, period, they're not going to, even if he was, he's going to go to the grave with that. Oh, yeah. As a, as a, as a man, period, and then a black man and then an industry man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. They're not going to say anything. If anything, they're going to disassociate themselves with me. Right. You know. Is that what happened? 
pretty pretty much but it was like i started to be like a little ant around the city like i wasn't even living here but still had an impact and i was still flying in speaking yeah so it was times we were in the same room with each other because we me being in the industry as well we still knew some of the same people it was people who knew me from him yeah so it was just it, it was a lot of it was awkward for some people however my story is my story yeah you know and i'm not gonna hide that or not talk about that because of Right, yeah. right. Um, how do you, how did you, because I know now it's so different, how did you deal with how people looked at you oh, when you came public? It was, it was really awkward because, um, of course, he started rumors when we broke up. He said I was a prostitute. He said I was a hoe. Oh, he said wow. I had an abortion in Chicago. He said so much stuff to where... When you said somebody, when I'm coming out saying that, they were like, see, I told you she was all, see, I told oh, you she was a, wow. you know. So it was a bit awkward. However, people didn't know the depth of the story. Yeah. A lot of people, when I did Fox 26 with um, Jonathan Martin, what, in 2017, people thought I had just came out with it a couple years ago. They thought I had just been diagnosed oh, wow. like in 2014. Nobody knew I had been with it this long. Oh, really? Nobody wow. knew. So people started subtracting the one and the two. <laughs> Wait. (laughs) Literally after that interview aired, I had two people call me through Facebook Messenger and they was like, Wait a minute. Yeah, you remember me? So man, I hate that. Like and it was because they started putting it together because at that time Yeah. You know, so it was really it was awkward and it was disheartening because a lot of people shunned me, turned their back on me, talked about me. But it's funny how um tables turn because even to this day those same people are coming back around asking mm-hmm. to sit down and talk with me and I want to get your book and I love you. And I'm yeah. just like, okay. Yeah. It's tough when you have to kind of give people grace um, when you may not even feel like they deserve it because your feelings are hurt. Uh, I know what it's like to have people feel like you are lying about something that you know is true. And, um, and, and later on, those people some of those people have come back around so I know exactly what you mean now Keisha when you were diagnosed um you you weren't diagnosed with HIV right I was diagnosed with AIDS okay yeah there we go because that's what I was going to ask you about so at the point where you were you were already so far gone because which means you have lived with it for for a minute for a minute without knowing right so can you just break down to people who may not understand how HIV goes into right. AIDS? So HIV is, is the virus that causes AIDS. So it, it's basically the difference is a T-cell, right? Mm-hmm. So anything below 200 is an AIDS diagnosis. You can never go back to HIV. Yeah. You can't say, wait a minute, I'm going to go get 1,000 T-cells and then I'm going to be HIV. Yeah, no. you have AIDS. So if yeah. someone's saying that they have AIDS, at some point they fell below two hundred T cells, and they were classified as AIDS. Their medical record says AIDS. Yeah, right. So that's really the difference. Um, typically, you have individuals who are HIV positive who don't have to take meds. Mm. You have individuals who are HIV positive who have sixteen hundred T cells popping and thriving. Yeah, you know. But then you also have individuals who are HIV positive who have six hundred T cells, but they haven't dropped so low. To where it's an AIDS diagnosis. Okay. Um, typically, when it's AIDS diagnosis, you have symptoms. You have you're asymptomatic, meaning you um, can catch pneumonia, yeah. skin rashes, um, dizziness, 
uh, neuropathy, meaning you feel numbness in your legs. Mm. So you start seeing all of that stuff. You seem to have been doing really well. Like mm-hmm. in the and and over the years, but there was a point where Keisha went missing, and I was like, "Where, where's yeah. my girl at?" Yeah, and you were telling me that you ended up being really sick. Yes, is I that was your lowest point? Yeah. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> was it my lowest? It was. It it really was because I was actually sick in the hospital in Vegas, and I was there. I was in there for three weeks. Oh wow. And it was because I was, you know, in the industry and I was, you know, at that time I was um, managing independent artists. So I was going from Minnesota where it was like 10 below zero and then coming back down to Texas where it was like 70 degrees. And and I didn't have enough T-cells to deal with that, Yeah, you know, and a lot of the medicine that they were prescribing me, I was always going back and forth with Dr. Garza like, look, I'm not going to take this super strong antibiotic because it's causing yeast and the yeast is causing this. And so... I would would be taking my meds and it came to a point to where those meds were literally destroying me on the inside. So I told my doctor, I'm not taking my meds until we get this together. I'm not going to live like that every day because you don't have to. And because I didn't do my research, the meds were literally, I could feel them going through my insides. Until I met a lady on the train in Los Angeles and she had HIV. How do you meet somebody on the train like, girl? Right. And you, you know why? It. Because she was just talking. <laughs> and I was like, you know why she, she keep talking? And she was, she was like, I just got my Section 8 voucher. And I was like, okay, that's what's <laughs> up. And she was like, you know, because, you know, I got the virus. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, she, you like, so what do you say? Like, me too. <laughs> Let's I was talk. like, okay, like. <laughs> and then she was like, um, she was like, what do you take? And I said, Kalitra Travada. She was like, I'm telling you, Kalitra was first, one of the first drugs made for men. Oh, it's too powerful for women. Oh wow, that's what. And when she told me that, I said, "That's why I'm sick as a dog." Yeah. So I took that information, went back to my doctor, and he changed me to uh, Norvir, Rayataz, and Travada, and that gave me jaundice, turned my eyes yellow. Oh no. Yes. So and they were like, "Well, well, you got to choose your battles." You know, <laughs> what? You, you, it's either one or the other. Right? What do you want? They was like, you know, you may notice your eyes are yellow. And I'm like, that means something's going on with my liver. Yeah. Like, what you mean? But see, that's what I hate about, and I know it is what it is, but you you see that with everyone yeah. who, who has an illness. And it's yeah. just like one thing is destroying something else while it's helping. Helping another. something else. And then you go and you're up at one o'clock in the morning and you see the attorney saying that there's a lawsuit against all oh, these yeah. drugs for HIV and it's just kind of like well thanks because two of those I've been on yeah <laughs> you know Jeez. over the course of 14 years so it's like man and, and have you tried anything homeopathic I have um and that's really what has kept me which is um my new book that's coming out mind body and me and it talks about the mental aspect of dealing with certain things in life talks about the mental aspect of dealing with the virus oh yeah and how it plays a role um with anxiety yeah with depression and then you go and then you have a whole baby and then you're dealing with postpartum on top of the other stuff you haven't even dealt with yet so absolutely yeah i've seen um you know of course in uh social media world we hear a lot about Dr. Sabi. Yes. And uh and other doctors who have believed to have found the cure. Yes. For AIDS. So when you see things like that, you know, <laughs> what what do you what do you think? 
It's so funny you asked me that because when I was on the panel a couple months ago, they said one of the questions was, do you think we'll get to a tree generation? You know, everybody has to high five and yes, yeah. we will. And yeah. I said, absolutely not. It's yeah. too much money in it. And I'm one of the faces of the Let's Grow Together with Walgreens, <laughs> but I'm telling you, yeah. it's just too much money in it. My one pill bottle of Travada is five grand wow. if I didn't have insurance. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You know what I'm saying? So, are they going to stop that anytime soon? No. Five grand. No. You know, however, yeah. what individuals need to learn with any disease, not just with AIDS, is that, you know, the body is meant to heal itself. Yeah. And a lot of times we make things worse by, worse by what we eat. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, what we put in our bodies, you know, diseases fester off of, you know, fat, vegetable oil and things, yeah. certain things like that. And once you dig deeper, like what Dr. Sabi was talking about, um, a disease is just really mucus mm. oh, in, your, yeah. in your bloodstream that, yeah. you know, it takes work to get out, but it takes a whole lifestyle change. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that, but a lot of people don't have time yeah. to change the lifestyle and just eat like raw and clean and alkaline every day because it's a challenge for me at times. Yeah. With a baby, you just want to grab a fry and keep it right. <laughs> right. You know, so and it's, it's so a expensive. And it I is. mean, like, I'm tired of people saying it's not that expensive. Yes, it is. It is. It really is. It is. It's expensive. And the stuff that is, like you said, it's I could grab a fry for <laughs> 99 cents and you know versus having you know and keep it moving and that's it and keep it moving yeah Yeah. um we do find though that you know i've met people who have uh cured themselves of cancer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know from from changing their diet and going raw foods and i just i and when i think about going raw fruit i'm just like oof it's 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 work you're right it's work it works and and i did it throughout my pregnancy and i felt amazing i really? i looked amazing and i actually did it it started because i was doing it with the church i was doing the daniel fast but then i researched and then flipped it yeah. and did raw alkaline and when i tell you it changed the game it changed the game See? however being consistent with that when you're dealing with life changes and all time you're moving here yeah it can be rough it can be rough it can be rough. it's easy to do it in, in living in la though yeah see oh i'm bad because <laughs> they are already so advanced yeah and it puts you in that lane because when you wake up everybody's working out when yeah. you go to one corner it's a juice bar it's another yeah. salad bar so it's different it's yeah. different versus when you're in texas you got a barbecue joint soul food spot <laughs> It's you know, so it's totally different. So it's all about your atmosphere too. Yeah, it is. God, I want to just come stay at your house and <laughs> show me how you did it, Alani. We eat vegetables. Stop it. And it's ways. It's a challenge because we're doing journey like that as well. However, um, my grandmother will sneak her a piece of chicken. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so she'll she'll be moaning and grunting, and we'll be like, no. Yeah. Like, so you want her to be a vegetarian? I'm like, well, no. Yeah. She's not yeah. a vegetarian. We just want her to, we don't want her to be on meat right now. Yeah. Not yeah. right now. If there was one thing that you could share with people who don't have HIV AIDS, um, something that you feel like y'all need to know this right now, what would it be? Um, life is not over for people. And, and don't X out a person who has it and you think she fine or you think he fine and he has it. Or yeah. she has it, and you're just like, oh gosh, no. Yeah. Because let me explain to you, um, genital herpes is is another one too. Hepatitis is another one too. That yeah. at this stage is is in the lane of because it's a little bit worse. 
Yeah. Um, genital herpes will prevent a woman from being fertile. Like wow. she wouldn't be able to have babies. Um, so it's don't be so quick to x out. Yeah. Um, a person living with HIV AIDS because it's like they x that one out, but then you forget it's a whole list of stuff. It's a whole list of other. You not even concerned, <laughs> about, right? Concerned yeah. about. It. I think people get scared off by herpes, but for them, again, for men and just people, it visual. Yeah. If they don't see it. They shun it yeah. until something happens. Yeah. So you can't X out a person because you may be passing up on a person who's like your life partner or yeah. somebody who you're supposed to be with. Yeah. Purpose partner. You don't know. That's good. That's good. We know that women have uh, the higher diagnosis, right? Yes. And uh, and it's so important, you know, to, to have those conversations. It is. How should people start the conversation about it and to talk about it. Uh, well, I, I don't even start it with HIV. I started with how you're caring for yourself. Yeah. Like, hey, sis, what's going on with you? And you know, when you start, when you hit the hey, sis, and you yeah. hit the mimosa <laughs> or something, yeah. she starts breaking down the little things. And it, it may just be something as simple as she doesn't feel right in her relationship or yeah. she feels off with herself. And then from that point, it'll break down into other things because it always does with the females I'm around. Yeah. One thing starts and we always snowballs into the skin. Right, else. snowballs into HIV and you're like, how? Yeah. But it yeah. does. Yeah. Um, I've had some female friends say, hey, I need you to talk to this one girl. You know, she's really, you know, she got potential and she's really doing good in her, you know, her, she has common sense when it comes to working mm. and, you know, great credit, this, this and that. But when it comes to her personal life, she's, it has no common sense. Yeah. And that's how it really is sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can be driving the bench truck. You can have your A1 credit. But, sis, if you wake up with that disease and you fall apart, yeah. you could lose it all because you mentally don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. You that's know. So good. All because you want, and, and I find out successful women, not that they don't want a man, but it's somewhere they've been hurt. So they indulge themselves into that business, into that work yeah. to avoid the getting hurt part. Oh, yeah. So then when they find the guy, they fall for thug entertainment. Girl, <laughs> you know, They fall for thug entertainment or somebody who's just not right and they lose all of their common sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just, and then they look up and they're like, girl, I'm afraid that I got the... Yeah. And they call me. That's <laughs> when I come in. They're like, girl, I'm afraid that I got the... So how did you know you had symptoms? And I'm like, girl, when you in love, you don't pay attention to yeah. that. Oh, yeah. You not. You don't pay you attention, don't, you don't pay attention, attention to, to anything. Right. You don't pay attention to anything. Except for how you feel. You're right. And not one time... Right. Not one time did we ask, hey, when's the last time you've been checked? Yeah. And I said that too. Um, I said that to Jay. I said that to him. I was like, I said, don't you ever check me <laughs> on my status. I said, don't you ever come at me. You know, I had a whole baby. You watch it come out my twat. You know what's in there. You know what it is. However, yeah. these other females that you were with po- prior to me. Yeah. And you slept with them unprotected. What is the outcome of that? Yeah. Because yeah. you're still a risk for me. I don't want to get another STD. And yeah. you just kind of look like. I ain't think of that. Let me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because you wouldn't. A lot of people don't. wouldn't. But and, you need to. And that's what we got to. I've had the uh, hey sis phone call. Uh, what was it last year? Um, a girl called me up. Um, she said randomly, like somebody that I'm not totally cool with, but she knew my ex, and she said, um, "Have you been tested?" Mm. And I was like, "Uh." Sh- should I go get tested? 
never mind. I'm gonna go get tested. So I said, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go because you you called me and asked me so it's a randomly. Reason. It's a reason. So I said, okay. So I want to tell people about how I got tested last year, mm. and this was quite the experience. Now keep in mind, I used to test people back in the day. Right. Okay. I would get tested every three years just on GP. Even if I wasn't messing with nobody, I would still just get tested. Right. Because I want to put my little status up on the refrigerator to encourage other people to get tested. Right. Hey, I go get tested, right. y'all. Y'all should go too. So um, so I get that phone call and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. So I call my people up at the AIDS Foundation. I was like, hey, I need to come get, come get a test. And I come on in. It's a free test, by the way, if y'all people in Houston want to get tested you can go to um there's probably several places in the city but I go to the um Houston AIDS Foundation so uh AIDS Foundation Houston I always say it backwards (laughs) so I go there and they do my test pricks my finger and then uh, she's asking you questions Mm. And, you know, they got a lot of questions that they ask. You have a form you got to fill out of, you know, have you slept with a person who slept with other people? Have you right. ever, you know, what type of partners have you had? All of this. How many partners have you had? So a very detailed list of questions. I'm like, all right, filling out all these questions. And then she gets up and she goes to look at the test. She looks at the test and then she sits it back down. And then she comes back down and she says, now, the last person you were with, how long ago was it? And so now you like, wait a minute. My my whole stomach is on the floor because I'm like, um, okay. So why you know you haven't said anything about the test? I'm like, hey, what's up focus. with the test? Stop focus. <laughs> and so she's like, she's asking some more questions, and she was like, you know, um, she said, well, I can't deliver your your results. Someone else has to come in, and 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 deliver the results. So I'm like, okay. At this point, I am like sweating profusely. And the lady comes in and she says, um, all right, I want you to take a look at the, the stick. Now this, and this is new for me because I haven't seen this particular test, which looks kind of like a pregnancy test. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all I see are lines. Okay. So I was like, oh, snap. I see the lines. And I don't know what the lines mean until she breaks it down. She was like, okay, so if, if this were two right, two lines right here. And I was like, yeah, that means this. Yeah. okay, like I'm so confused. All I see is a line. I was like, oh my God. And like, now my eyes are starting to water. And I was like, I was like, oh man. And she says, um, so yeah, you're negative. And, um, you know, and they give me like this suitcase full of condoms and I was like I ain't having sex with nobody okay but I'll take them okay so I I left there and I got in the car and I started laughing because I said I know exactly what y'all just did Mm -hmm. and uh they put you in a position where they need you to think yes they do and that moment that you are sitting there waiting for those test results. You are sitting there recapping your entire, entire life. life. Like, <laughs> yes, you are. Oh, my gosh. Why did I do it? Or, you know, or, ooh, and, you know, why didn't I ask? And why didn't I ask to see his test results and this? And it's just like, and I, you know, I know better. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This and is as my- a woman, you know who. 
You know. Like, you know. Or you, if you don't know, you rounded it out to two, and you know. And like, you, know. you just know. And I was just like, and you know what women are dealing with now, which is a reason why we have higher rates mm-hmm. are because is because we're having sex with people with 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 men who are having sex with other people right so it's like that's your man but your man has been out there messing with seven women at one time or whatever and so that's why our rates are getting higher and the, and the rates are the strongest and and what people don't understand is you're worrying about the single woman and her promiscuity so you say but the rates are coming from the monogamous married wow. couples. Isn't that crazy? Because, you know, that partner, and I'm not just going to say the man or whomever, they're sleeping with other people. Yeah. Um, You do have men out here now who feel like it's okay. Well, the Bible says that I have more than one wife. Yeah. You know, and that's just, that's where we, that's yeah. where we are at. People need to get tested. They do. And it's the most easiest process <laughs> like it don't get no easier than that i think i was at uh the aids foundation all of 20 minutes maybe i don't know 20 30 minutes um why do you feel like people are so scared knowing everything we just talked about they're still like nah i can't do it because the unknown is easy for me not to know it's just easy for me not to know yeah like versus me actually knowing like okay let me go and get tested that means i gotta know no yeah like, <laughs> i gotta know no like i gotta really know yeah that i have it or i don't versus if i just put it in the back of my head and i don't get tested i just gotta chalk it up and be like shoot i i know who i slept with right. and it's always those that say that um, which is like the people who write comments on social media and they're like the, you know, they talk mess yes. under the comments. It's those same people who won't come to the forefront and yeah. say it out loud. It's the same thing. You won't go and get tested, but you just talking noise saying, you know who you with and I know yeah. who I slept with. No, you don't. You don't. You don't you know don't. because you cannot sit and say what that other person is doing. Yeah. We don't know. We're not with that person. All day, every day. Yeah. We don't even forget who they're with now. We don't know who they were previously. Oh, yeah. Before you were even right, together. We right. We don't know. We don't know who that person they were messing with, who she was sleeping with. Yeah. We don't know. if You know, we just don't know. Yeah. So, if you don't know, then that means there's an unknown within your health. Yeah. And you got to get checked. You got to get checked. And we got to stop thinking that it looks like something because I think a lot of people feel like, well, you know, I've been with my dude for six years. I mean, he ain't never been sick or he ain't never da, 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 da. And it's just like you're thinking that you're going to see something, you know, like, oh, he would, he would look like this or he would be sick all the time if he had it. And it's just like, hey, guys, there are people who are, it's kind of, I don't know, is it laying dormant, I guess, mm-hmm. or, you know, in your bodies mm-hmm. and you're not realizing there are so many people who are living with it and they don't, they don't even know. Right. And the but people don't understand it, it and hear it from me. I get a lot of DMs, even to this day, even with me not being in the forefront like I was, people still know what I do and they still come and still creep to see if I'm going to respond back. Yeah. And I do and I keep my DMs open just to answer those questions and I literally get probably at the minimum two a week. Wow. And the last one I just got probably was a couple of days ago on Twitter and the person was like, hey, I kissed a sex worker and I, and I had an open sore on my lip and I want to know, am I at risk? And I said, at risk for what? <laughs> Because you are at risk. Yeah. Because you knew. Yeah. You walked in and you knew. Yeah. You know, the lane that you were in. 
Yeah. And you already have a cold sore. Let's call it what it is. That's herpes one on your lip. Yeah. That's 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 in the family right. of herpes one. I'm not being shady. That's those are facts. Yeah, yeah. Um. So therefore, you have an open wound. Now, can you get it from kissing? No, you can't. No, you can't get it from saliva. You right. can't get it from anything like that. But what I'm saying, what do you? If you're not worried about the smaller things like uh, mono and things like that, and me talking yeah. to you about HIV goes over your head. <laughs> if you right. think that you can get it from a darn kiss. Yeah. You oh, know. Man. So those are the type of and they were anonymous. <laughs> they created an account oh just my to gosh. message me. They were anonymous. Wow. And so if we account not past that, you know, yeah. it's really hard to talk to somebody about HIV until we start educating people on the whole picture. Yeah. Um I've been in, uh, an advocate for HIV AIDS for um, some years, actually, gosh, over a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, lost two uncles to AIDS wow. in 96 and 90, um, 95 and 96. And uh, when you lose two parents to, or, or two uh, family members to the same um, disease, you feel like it's hereditary. Right, right. It was, mm-hmm. And I was young, so I didn't know any different. I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, so right. I only have three uncles, and two of them died from AIDS, so then it must run in our family is the first thing I thought. And so I started to do research. Right. And and this is just on my own. Like, right. just to... I'm trying to prevent my other uncle from getting it. So exactly. my, in my mind, I can find this cure or, you know, help prevent it. And, uh, and that's when I learned so much. Um, and in the process of learning, I wanted to share with other people. And then when I started to share with other people, I became like super advocate, right? Yes. Like I was certified to test and I'm out testing people. And when I'm testing people, I'm meeting people who their family has abandoned them yes. because mm-hmm. of their diagnosis and, Friends have slowly but surely drifted off into the sunset because of their diagnosis. And so I just wonder, you know, how mentally, you know, right. what do you do to to push through that? Um, have I dealt with alienation? I won't say I have because I the people around me, even from family and friends, they go off of my energy. Like some of them are yeah. a little thrown off because I'm so open about it. Yeah. I'm so open. I'm so um, vocal about it. I'm not really, you know, afraid or ashamed to ask any questions. Yeah. Um, you, you really have to navigate that with, you have to get strong within yourself first. Yeah. You know, I would say hold off on even divulging. Tell that one safe friend if you're diagnosed that one safe friend but before you go on a you know a sabbatical and start telling even your mom your dad you gotta be strong within yourself because you don't know how they're gonna react oh yeah you know my grandmother to this day still whispers it and i have wow. a whole you know, I have a whole baby and she <laughs> and she whispers so you really want to tell you want to go start back you know rebranding yourself i'm like grandma why are you whispering right you know? <laughs> why are you whispering like, what are you whispering for yeah. but that's how she grew up. That's her yeah. generation. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't ever get offended. I think it's funny yeah. because it just shows generationally how, um, why we're behind. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. Why we're behind. So, 
you got to start within yourself before you can really start telling friends. And you're still going to get alienated. But if you're sure within yourself, it won't bother you. Right, right. Yeah. It's, um, I, I kind of like the idea of seeing who people really are yeah. when, and they usually pop up when you going through something, you really mm-hmm. see who people, who mm-hmm. people are. Um, so you've been an advocate for quite some time since day one. When did you decide to come public about it and, and how did you do it? You know, it was actually like right after, I think it took me probably like six months. I was diagnosed December 6, 2006. I did my first speaking engagement in like April of 2007. So oh, like wow. four months after that. And my first speaking engagement was with 97.9 The Box at Wheatley High School. Oh, wow. And that was the very first time. That was the very first time I spoke. And you've done such a great job. Yeah. And I'm just so, we're so blessed to have you in, on this planet to share your testimony. And I hope that at some point you've looked at it just like that. Yeah. That this has happened for a reason. It, absolutely. It, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially after having a baby. Yeah. You know. Can we talk about this? Yeah. Because I am quite sure that there are some people who are listening like, wait a minute. Not she no She says she has a baby. <laughs> Not some. I feel like all of them. Everybody <laughs> is like, wait a minute. I'm trying to understand how does this happen? And does the baby become infected? Mm-hmm. And Listen, my doctor, Dr. Steck at uh, USC in Los Angeles said that I was one of the healthiest pregnancies she had seen. Wow. Um, I was really living my best life in yeah. LA pregnant. And what people don't understand is, well, did my viral load come? Yeah, my viral load came back a little. I had probably about a thousand count of a viral load. Um, that's basically how much virus you have in your system. Yeah. And, um, and that was because at the beginning of my pregnancy, my meds wouldn't stay down. Like my first trimester, I was cute. <laughs> Got into the second trimester, they was, uh, the baby was like, no, ma'am, I don't oh, like any of this. So yeah. I kept throwing them up. So my viral load came back. Oh, wow. Um, so went to Dr. Steck. She's like the best on the West coast. And she changed me from literally taking 16 pills to taking two. Ooh. Wow. So I was taking those two and she was like, we're going to get you back undetectable in three weeks. Three yeah. weeks I was undetectable, and she journey was healthy, baby was fine, and I literally had a natural birth. Yeah. No, nothing. I mean, they of course they give you an IV of a medication that they give to the baby through um, an IV just to yeah. assure that nothing passes through vaginally. Yeah, but um, she's healthy as a deal. We wow. <sighs> so okay, so then let's go back prior uh-huh. to well, you getting pregnant. Yes. So you can have sex with somebody. Yes. Because I'm taking it. That's how you have a baby, guys. Absolutely. Birds and the bees. I did read that book. Okay. And that person is not infected. Right. Well, let me break this down. Um, There's a pyramid, and this is the best way I can explain it. Okay. There's a pyramid of uh, passing. So the top of the pyramid is, of course, heterosexual. Homosexually, which is man to man, or you know, which yeah, man to man, not woman to woman. That's at the bottom of the totem pole. So it's man to man, okay, man to woman, and then woman to man. And by that, the percentage as you go down the pyramid, the percentage drops. So, um, this is just a little little class I'm giving guys, but <laughs> how my doctor explained it to my partner. Um, if you're having intercourse and you're not using a condom, you have to remember he's going in and out, and uh, yes, and the virus can't survive. In regular temperature air right so the odds of 
and getting into his small hole are very, very, very slim. Wow. That's how my doctor broke it down to my partner. Um, just so he can understand it. And if you're undetectable, it now equals untransmittable. So me being undetectable, I can't pass it at all. Okay. Okay. And that's the goal. You you take the medicine to get undetectable. Right. So right, you won't right. be able to pass it to your partner. Right. Um. There's also prep. Prep is an option. It's not the solution. It's just an option, yeah. which is what your partner can take to just to have an extra precaution. And of course, there's condoms. But if you're trying to have a baby, the goal is to be undetectable. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. See, I just learned something today. Yeah. Look, we all learn it here, people. Yeah. Because everyone asks me. Someone asked me, how do you have a baby? I was like, I did the nasty. Like, how does, <laughs> like, how does everybody else do it? Like, what you mean? <laughs> like, the questions I get are, like, far-fetched. I can imagine. But that shows you that, you know, we're still leaps away from really understanding. We've come a long way. Yeah, but we're right? still in but 2020. I've met some people in uh, at a camp. Mm-hmm. These young people, 150 kids who are living with HIV. Mm, mm. Um, the AIDS Foundation here in Houston does this camp every year, Camp Hope. Have you ever been? I haven't been, but my friend Tiffany goes. Okay, Tiffany. yeah, I know Tiffany. Tiffany yep. Oh, yeah. I like her. So it's, um, it's crazy to sit here and you look at these kids who, who um, you want to live a normal life, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? And then, and they look, of course, like regular kids. Yes, they do. Until I see them take their medication. Right. And then it hits, oh, shoot. You know, these kids have 11 different medications that they're, they're taking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a, it's not a game, mm-hmm. you know. But as you progress, the medication goes down. Yeah. Um... Uh... It really depends because when I started, um, I was taking Kalitra Travada and I was taking 10 pills in the morning, 10 pills at night. Um, but it just really depends on the doctor and, and what they feel is best. Yeah. It's really not if you, you know, it goes down if you progress because some people, you know, it can go up. Yeah. You know, it just really depends. You you have to do your own research upon being, upon being diagnosed because, yeah. you know, some meds may not work for you. Complera, which is one pill, and I'm just using an example, guys, because a lot of people don't like it, but I'm just using an example of you may just be on one pill a day. Yeah. It just really depends. So it just depends. It depends. It also depends on finances, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I tell people all of the time, and, and, and me and Jay, which is my life partner, had this conversation. He was like, no, Texas is great. Texas is awesome. And I'm like, no, California is the best for me. Yeah. And my situation, because California is a liberal state, and I had, and I just discussed this on a panel a couple months ago, California is a liberal state. You don't really know the difference between red and blue and independent and liberal until you have an illness. Wow. That's when you feel it the most. Because in California, they roll out the red carpet for really? individuals who live with HIV AIDS. Oh, wow. But you have to understand it's more discussed there yeah. and in New York than it is pretty much anywhere oh, else. Yeah. And yeah. the headquarters for the AIDS, uh, for um, AHF, is in San Francisco. Everything yeah. is headquartered in San Francisco. So it's it's different for me. Yeah. You know, I have amazing care yeah. in California. And I had great care here. I don't want to take away from the doctor, Dr. Garza and Dr. All the doctors I've had yeah. here in Texas, however, um, in terms of the whole scope, yeah. for me, it was be- it's better in California. It is. 
Uh, I usually ask my guests as we wrap up our interviews to give an affirmation. So it starts with I am and you fill in the blank. I am power. Literally. She is power. Literally. Yes. And I always think of uh, watching power because it's one of my favorite shows. But it's going to stand though. Yeah, I doubt it because (laughs) of the power behind that show. Right. You know, that show has so much power to where it has people tweeting and this and this and that. But we don't even realize how much we have ghosts in us. We have Tasha in us. We have all those people in us. We are power. Everything that Ava DuVernay is doing, everything that. Tyler Perry is doing or yeah. or Oprah's doing. We could do the same stuff. Yeah. Ooh, but we put that. our stuff we put ourselves at the hands of relationships. And yeah. then, you know, that relationship fails and we say, Oh, it's a wrap on No. No. You no. got power. I love that. You like power and that's it. That's all. Like we have all the power to do everything. We have the power to control our minds. Yeah. We have the power to be healthy if we want to. Yeah. We have the power to defeat any disease if we want to. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. I am power. Keisha, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can buy your book. Yes. Yes. Well, you can find me at, you know, I have two Instagrams at I am Keisha J or at my fab red life, which is my main page, my fab red life. Um, my website, everything is launching on February 8th, which is National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day. Yes. And that's also when my book, Mind, Body, and Me will be coming out. Okay. Because one of the things we don't talk about in the black community is mental health. Oh, no. Um, no. And we don't talk about how um, even living with an illness such as HIV AIDS, it can get worse. Yeah. Because your T-cells are low. Because there are things going on with your body. So, you know, you can find me on everything. Um, Twitter, I am Keisha J. Facebook, Keisha okay. J. I mean, hey, find me. Google Keisha, me, and tell people how it's spelled. K-E-C is in cat, I-A. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, Keisha, thank you so much for Yay. being a part of the podcast today. This is really good. It really was. I even learned some things today. So, I mean, you know, I'll be thinking I know everything. But I don't. <laughs> yes, yo, stop asking people how people with HIV have babies. And stop thinking that I'm the only person with who's with AIDS that has kids. It is so many advocates who are long-term survivors who have, like, older kids. People need to do their research. Yes, like, I just be like, I am not a foreign entity. Like, y'all are tripping. Okay? I love it. You are listening to Respect My Crown, the podcast. I am JJ. Have a beautiful day.